Well, welcome back to the Welfare Business Podcast Me. with myself, Connor Benham, and uh, DBG, aka Jonathan McCulloch. And in today's episode, we're going to tell you all about. <laughs> oh God, we've had Listen, a shambolic start. Only to, my late mother podcast, but to... called me Jonathan. No, let, let me finish the intro. That's better, Johnny baby. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about why you're the expert, even if you think. <clears throat> you're not uh, a little bit of imposter syndrome there number two the first steps to positioning which is going to be all about helping you set clear rules and boundaries and then lastly exactly how to position yourself as an expert so you're actually treated as one rather than uh being treated like shite and the hired help now a lot of you listening probably think well i am the hired help because i've been hired to build a wall so therefore i use my hands i am the helping hand no your pillock. We're going to tell you why you're completely fucking wrong there. Oh, anyway, I'm not speak now, am I? What, what do you want me to say? Yes. Once the <laughs> intro is done, come on. I want you to tell me about how only your mother called Yeah, only, only my, my late so mother. I don't have the right. And even then, only when I was in trouble. You're it's late. quite a cool name, actually. And in fact, when I'm writing my science fiction, I've been thinking what name to use because Donovan McCulloch is too long. And John McCulloch looks a bit crap written down, but Jonathan <laughs> M looks pretty cool. Yeah. Jonathan you have the M big looks Jonathan, pretty cool. You know, long, small font across the M. <laughs> I haven't, written, I haven't written the stories yet, but hey, so just... it's, it's priorities, you know. <laughs> Got to get me logo right. <laughs> what about what about Connor Why B? Why would I call myself Connor B? Because that's your name. Because it's science fiction, you can call yourself. Yeah, why would I choose Connor B? It's a stupid name. Sounds like an international. You know what it sounds like to me. Space. It, sound, it sounds like monster. a bouffant-haired millennial who's worried about his skincare. <laughs> hey, and this is why you're. Oh fuck off, man! Beautiful. Fuck off. There, there's a few so blokes pretty. in the world who get better as they get older. Sean Connery was one. I'm another. Right, <laughs> Kenny Rogers, he's dead now. Let's say Sean Connery. Okay, so I'm probably the only surviving good looking older dude who gets better with age. It's a fact, <laughs> honestly. If everyone had your <laughs> ego, <laughs> you, your self inflated worth, I don't know if the world would be a better or worse place. It'd be far no, more delusional. It's, it's a fact, it's, it's scientifically proven, right. The world, there are two kinds of people in the world. There are people who love and adore me and hang on every word I fucking say and are irresistibly attracted to me. And then there are people with poor fucking taste and judgment. It's as simple as that. It's true, honestly. Now, funnily enough, we can segue from when that you're into 90. positioning. Well, you can, yeah. Because yeah, can, what actually. I just said is obviously not true. Um, but if, and I don't actually believe it's true, but if I act as if it is true, um, then that actually it almost becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Now, that's a really stupid extreme that we can all laugh at, of course, I mean, you know. But when it comes to positioning, positioning like success is an inside job. And what do we mean by positioning? Let's get a definition straight. It's basically how other people see you. And the easiest way I can think of to describe it is, you know, Whenever we have a situation where we have a service provider and a client, all right, 
or even a product seller, but you know, it, it would call them service providers now because by selling a product, you're still performing a service because you know, you're serving them. And there is always one of you is slightly senior and one of you is slightly subordinate. This is just transaction analysis. It's very rare you get an equality. Even in things like boards of directors, there's, you know, like the, you've got the MD who's slightly senior to the rest of the directors and things. But in the client-server relationship, we've almost always, almost always, it is the client is perceived as being the senior partner, the senior one. There's no good reason for that whatsoever. And the reason we, we tend to fall into that trap is we do it because that's how it's done. And it's done that way because that's how we do it. And when people come into the client server kind of business, they look at what other people are doing and just take their lead from them. No one ever questions it. Now, our work is predicated almost exclusively, and that's, well, not exclusively, but certainly right at the beginning, on switching that around. So you go in as, as the service provider, as the server, but you adopt the senior position. You provide the plug hole for their umbilical cord. You take them by the hand and say, it's okay, mm. Mr. or Ms. or Ms. Client. It's all going to be okay. I'm going to take care of you. Just come with me. I'll look after you. You know, come with like Terminator. Yeah. Come with me if you want to live. You know, that's, that's what we do. But the thing is, that has to be that attitude, that persona. It's a leadership position. All right, and we talk about leadership a lot in core control and core control elite, especially. So, leadership position you're in, and leadership is not a part time job. It is something you have to exhibit right from the beginning. I'm going to say more about this as we go through today's podcast. But that's what positioning is being seen as this slightly senior person. So, you are the expert advisor, the trusted advisor, as opposed to being the hired help. Now, just to add one thing before we dig into the meat of it, serving people, and I think this is another problem as well, serving is not the same as being servile. If you think that's the case, never mind the army and the police force, um, but think about P.G. Wodehouse and the Jeeves and Worcester stories. Jeeves was a butler and was in service to Worcester. But at no point would you have ever considered Jeeves to be servile? On the contrary, he was a gentleman's gentleman. And there's at least one story when he resigns because he disagrees with Worcester and Worcester was a little bit rude to him. So he just walked out. You don't talk to me like that just because I'm a butler kind of thing. Well, you know, an English butler serves very much so. That's not what they live for. That's what they train for. They serve exemplary service, but in no way, shape or form are they servile. And we should adopt a similar attitude, I think. So, yeah, yeah I mean, you, you're not their bitch just because they're paying you money. Now, <clears throat> a lot of the one of the first problem is this kind of idea of imposter syndrome. And I actually see people, and this fucking, this drives me to distraction. I see actual fucking adults selling their services, posting on LinkedIn, or I do run a long LinkedIn, saying, I am not an expert. Then what the fuckity fuck are you doing selling your no. services? And they say, I'm not an expert because I don't know everything. Well, you need to get a dictionary, pal, and read it. Because an expert is someone who knows a lot about a topic. If you're telling me you don't know a lot about the topic you're dealing in, and you're selling your services to people who presumably don't know a lot either, you're a liar and a cheat and a charlatan. 
you know? That's what you are. Twat. Big twat, definitely. Big, Big twat. fat twat. Big fat twat with a bald Big head. <laughs> it's, it's like... It's like it's like me putting on a carpenter's belt and some carpenter's jeans and going, I'm a carpenter. Oh, I'm not an expert carpenter. <laughs> so when you pay me several yeah. thousands of pounds to come in and do your fitted wardrobes, uh, I told well, them, that, I'm not an expert. One, that could be one reason <laughs> they do it. Anyway. They then can then ab- absolve themselves of all responsibility for screwing up their clients' businesses. I told you I wasn't an expert. But, you know, you, no. you are an expert. And more to the God. point, you should go into a business as a, as a service provider or a product seller as an expert. Because, look, with rare exception, so, I mean, if I would say, if, for instance, Dan Kennedy said to me, I want you to write a sales letter under my name. Now, obviously, Dan Kennedy knows what he's talking about. So what I'm about to say doesn't apply. But those cases are outlying cases and therefore, by definition, are very rare. And the chances are most of you are not in this position. And even if you are in this position, the jobs that come along where you are kind of less of an expert than the person you're working with or for are very, very rare by definition. So most of the time, a client will come to you, a prospect will come to you or say to us and say, hey, EBG, um, I'm struggling to get the right clients, I'm struggling to get the right fees, I'm, I'm struggling to make it happen predictably. Well, in those, these things, I'm an expert, okay? So I go into their business. They don't have the knowledge or the expertise to, one, do what I'm going to do for them, or two, even comment on my methods. Because if they knew how to do this fucking stuff, they'd be doing it. Well, they don't, so they're not. And this is not difficult. I was was watching... um... The Dan Kennedy training, the, the living legend formula, uh, posted about it in our, our little chat the other day. And he was talking about being a speaker on stage and how he does a lot of speaking gigs. Well, how he used to do a lot of speaking gigs. This is a, an old recording. And he was saying he's got it written in all of his contracts uh, that they can't get the audience to score the speakers when he's there, which apparently is really common. American conferences and, and, and stuff. I had no idea. I Googled it and apparently it's very common. They get the, the receivers to score the, the speakers. And Dan's whole point was, I purposely turn up a little bit angry. I purposely tell people to move everything around. I purposely look really pissed off. I do this by design. I'm not going to have these numpties in the audience who don't have a fucking clue about the subtleties of what I'm doing and have no no right to an opinion on speaking score me get fucked he was like i'm the expert here i know more about this topic than that they'll ever do they're simply there to watch and be entertained and quite frankly they don't even know if they really like what they're seeing or not me being a bit of a dickhead there's a reason for that i'm not having them score me a two unsurprisingly understand it (laughs) i agree completely (laughs) well it is true i mean a great example is copywriting because uh, it, it, it fits the model perfectly, and I've got a lot of experience in it too. If I write copy for a client, as long as I'm not misrepresenting them or their products, I'm not breaking the law, um, I'm not in breach of any guidelines or any professional services, it's just a, a long checklist of things which are objectively measurable. The fact that they don't like it is irrelevant. They get what I deliver. They use it that yeah. way. If they don't want to, fine. That's up to them. If they want to change it, fine. But I don't. I don't get into rewrites. I don't get into editing, you know, unless they've got proper, strong, objective arguments to say. Well, you can't say this because it's like not true, or it's in contravention of this rule, or whatever. And it brings us into disrepute or something like that. 
I don't care. If you know, because I, I often see copywriters, for instance, bemoaning the fact on LinkedIn uh, that they've 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 attended a meeting with the with the creative department, and probably three or four or five people around the table have gone through their copy line by line, editing it. So eventually, you get a fucking sales letter or a a, a bunch of content which has been written and designed by a committee. Well. The senior managers of these departments, they're not copywriters or sales professionals or marketing professionals, but their egos insist they have an input to what's being said. Well, if you are not presenting yourself as an expert, a trusted advisor, that will happen to you. And what happens is when that copy plummets or bombs or when your content is just, who gets to blame? Well, who wrote it? You wrote it. Well, you didn't. The committee wrote it. But you're the hired help, so you're going to get the blame anyway. There's no way the manager is going to put his hand up and say, yeah, I poked my fucking ignorant, uninformed finger into that pie, and now it's ruined. That was my fault. They ain't going to do that. They're just going to tell oh, it's that fucking stupid copywriter's fault. If you position yourself correctly as an expert, 99% of the time you're getting hired. It's because you know how to do something that they don't know how to do. And the minute that they start pretending they know what to do, you have to remind them, get fucked. If you was the expert and you know how to do this, I wouldn't be here doing this for you. Yeah. So that's it. And now, so, how do we do this? That's the problem. You know, how does this happen? Ooh, well, well, day zero. Yeah, I mean, this, this has to happen from day one. So, I mean, a, a good example I've used in the book I'm writing now, Welfare Business Owner, is... Um, it's 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 you have to do it, treat it holistically. I hate to use that word, but this time it's it's accurate. People use it wrongly all the time. But it's holistic. It has to appear. You wanker! Uh, what it, a it shit word. To, it has to run through everything you do, like the word Brighton runs through a stick of rock. It's not a band aid you can stick on the sucking chest wound of your insecurity. All right. It's not some because I mean a good example of this would be copywriters and other freelancers who are posting on LinkedIn and they also say on their websites, I don't just work with anyone. I pick and choose my clients. Fine. Great. Everyone should be doing that. But then you see them complaining in other posts about how they're not being paid, how a client's ghosted them, how a client's pissed them off, how prospects have given them a runaround, how they've attended 17 meetings and all of a sudden then been ghosted, haven't done a load of work and never been paid because never asked to be paid. Well, those two things are incongruent. You know, you've got to walk your talk to keep it simple. Now, Anybody coming into my world through the podcast, through my books, through the occasional blog, guest post, whatever, doesn't matter, interviews, doesn't matter. Wherever they come into my world, nobody, and they, I'm talking if they could read stuff that's been, I wrote 15 years ago. Nobody would come into my world thinking, hang on, John's a pussycat here, and now he's saying he's Mr. Tough Guy. No, no one comes into my world like that. Everyone comes into my world thinking, shit, this guy's serious. If I fuck him about, he won't work with me. He's not going to give me a discount. I never, ever, not once in the last, I can't remember. So it's at least 15, possibly 18 years I've ever been asked, can we do something about the price? Can we negotiate the price? Your fees are too high. Can we do something about it? It just doesn't happen. It doesn't happen because everyone fucking knows from the moment they come into my world, this guy won't tolerate it. And that does mean that some people say, I'm not going to talk to him because I want it cheaper. Fine. Saves me a fucking load of bother, but nobody would do it. 
Nobody would just call. Mate, how long have I been had Elite? 10 years. Everyone in Elite over the last 10 years has had my mobile phone number and WhatsApp. Not a single one has ever phoned me without an appointment. Never. It just doesn't happen. Why? Because they know it doesn't happen. They've been told. No one coming into my world would dream of it. The only people who cold call me are people who are so fucking ignorant that they don't bother to do any research. Well, they get short shrift. Because if you're a cold caller and you're supposed to be looking at your target market and picking and choosing them, and you call me, you're clearly incompetent. Because if you did do your homework, you'd realise, actually, no one calls John. I'll message him first and ask him, can we have a chat? I might do it then. But if you just call me cold, no, because you're incompetent. You know, it just doesn't happen. Well, that that situation obtains because I'm holistic with it. And it, I'm holistic with it without any effort because it's actually genuine. It's real. It's part of what I do. And, okay, I'm wired up this way, so it didn't take a lot of effort. But it took some effort to get here because when I started in business, I was the same as every other fucker, you know, bending over backwards and a little bit servile with it. Yeah, and you was really, really. I wasn't really fat. fat and bald. I was bald. I'm very short. You, oh, that's not. That's not, not. Not when I started. I wasn't. That was about. That was about twelve years ago. Was you not? No, oh, fair enough. I'm just thinking of the the picture of you and Nido Kaben. That's about breaking ground. That 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 face was rounder than mine. <laughs> I read a, um, you're going <laughs> to laugh here. I, I read a book the other day, 10 rules of being a superhero. Really? It's a child's book. Yeah. I enjoy reading children's books to try and stimulate some fucking creativity in my life. And I, I thought some of them were rather akin to uh, 10 rules of being an expert, if I'm honest, because rule one was a superhero must always respond to a call for help. Rule two was saving the day can be messy, but get it right and everyone will understand. Rule number three, every superhero has at least one superpower. That's what makes him super. Expert status. You've got to be really good at something. Number four was a superhero must use his power in a really good way. Can't be using it for evil, can we, John? I'm not. I'm not getting involved in this. <laughs> no, Connor. <laughs> Number five was sometimes superheroes make a lot of noise. Yeah, as an expert, sometimes you've got to be noisy, bit of a contrarian. You've got to go against the grain, even if it's uh, going to make you unpopular. Number six was a superhero needs a tasty snack to be in his top four. Okay, <laughs> I'll leave that one to you. <laughs> Number seven, well, these two in particular, I thought were very, John, because you're, you're very particular about your food and when you eat it, and you're very particular about your midday naps, because number seven was superheroes must rest so they can recharge and be ready when the time comes to save the day all over again. <laughs> Rule number eight, a superhero is always brave and never cowardly. Number nine, the goal of a superhero is to save innocent victims. And rule number 10, and this is where I thought, oh, it's perfect. Every superhero needs a sidekick because saving the day is more fun with a friend. Oh, thanks for that, Connor. You just trashed our entire reputation. <laughs> 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 so, 
Uh, yeah, so the first God. step to positioning anyway, <laughs> moving swiftly on. All these things, they, they talking about, um, it's, you know, it's holistic, it has to appear from the beginning. The easiest way to do it, and this is the probably the second thing we teach in, in core control elite, in all our work with any, any new client, is rules and boundaries. It's the second thing we teach. Rules and boundaries for yourself towards others. Uh, sorry, rules and, rules and boundaries for yourself towards yourself, rules and boundaries for yourself towards others, and rules and boundaries for them towards you. And also, rules and boundaries for how you will accept others treating others. Now, you can't tell other people how to behave. But what I mean by this is if I see, say, somebody could be a client of mine, if I see them behaving badly towards freelancers, I won't work with them. They might be very decent towards me. I don't care. I don't want to work with people who are like that. You know? Like exactly. Just exactly that. Yeah, it's the same thing. So the four areas where you, you want to have rules and boundaries, and then within that you want things like for finances, for time, energy. Um, and it's, this, is, this stuff isn't difficult. And, you know, people think of in the past expressed surprise when I say, oh, we've, I've got rules and boundaries for my wife, and she has them for me too. We, we, you know, we have them mutually. I mean, I mean, no one would argue the fact you need rules and boundaries for your children. Precious few people fucking have them. This is why we have so many shitty children around. Mm. But no one would argue the fact that you need them. They just don't apply them. But I also with, 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 with spouses, I mean, like, for instance, I would, would not dream, would not dream of looking at my wife's phone and opening my wife's phone without her permission. Every Sunday morning I go shopping and I, I need to open her app for Duns and get the vouchers, you know, because it's a brilliant scheme. For every, every 50 quid you spend, you get 10 quid off. Well, it's a kind of it's a kind of running twenty percent discount because every time you then spend you you spend fifty quid or fifty euro redeem that voucher you get another one so it keeps you coming back it's great it's great you know it really is it is it is it it works really really well um, <clears throat> and I need to get into her phone but every Sunday morning I will go upstairs and say do you mind if I go into your phone and get the vouchers and she says yeah fine I mean I know the number and everything but I just wouldn't dream of doing it without her permission. That's a rule and a boundary. She doesn't go into mine. I wouldn't check her emails. Or, I just wouldn't do it. You just, you just don't. I, it's like someone of my generation, you just never go into a woman's handbag without permission. And even with it, I don't like it. I feel no. really uncomfortable going into Sarah's handbag. I'd rather just give it to her. And Yeah, it is. It's icky. It's icky. I'll tell you what. I give it like, I give it the big and I'm like, oh, I'm such a gentleman. I feel really uncomfortable in here. But really... Those bags, they're never fucking ending. Well, they're, yeah. they're, they're like targets. And you're told to find, like, oh, can you grab the paracetamol? And you've got to rummage through, like, fucking a whole TARDIS worth. You've got Daleks. to go past the fucking tampons. You've got to go past the fucking air ties. And it's like, there's a kebab in there from last night. Why have you not thrown that away, you weirdo? Uh, that is, but, yeah, give it the big one. No, I'm such a gentleman. <laughs> don't, don't destroy our image, mate. <laughs> so it's rules and boundaries. I mean, if, if you don't have them, I mean... I mean, simple ones. Okay, yeah, anyone, anyone listening to this could do this today, right now. Um, and if you need to change your website, big deal, 10-minute job. Rather than allowing people to call you, take your number off the website and put a Calendly link up there. Even get the free Calendly offering, so you're not even paying money for it. So they have to book a call. Easy. Uh, <coughs> and make it plain. Don't stop answering. Incoming calls, put them through to a voice message. Now, some guys in construction say, yeah, but I have to answer the phone whenever it comes in. No, you don't. 
we had guys in, in elite and the first thing we tell them is we give them a structure to do this, to turn the phone off and set it so that the, the voicemail says when you will call them back. It, it actually doesn't bother people. And in fact, people prefer it because. Or you get a service. Like if you need to, yeah, if you need well. to. Money penny for the listener is it's just a, a, someone to answer your phone and they take a voice message, send it to you, whatever. Um, it's not even expensive, but that's one thing you could do. Don't don't have people, let people just drop into your office. That preserves your time. Because, you know, a phone call might be a five-minute phone call, but it's actually probably a 30-minute disruption to your day because you lose focus. It's called context switching. This is this stuff is objectively verifiable with neuroscience and stuff, you know. So rules and boundaries are so important. And as Drum says, they're, they're not hard. The only thing that you yeah, and the only thing that you find difficult is if you're thinking along these lines for the first time in your life, it's the first time, and this can sound a little bit wanky, but it's the first time you realize you actually have control over your life and you can do whatever you want. And you're not actually just this plastic bag being pulled around by the changes of the wind. You actually are able to put, you know, some solid fucking foundations into the ground and actually take control. And the difficulty you'll find there is you'll realize you can do everything or anything. And when you feel like that, well, it's very, very difficult choosing a place to start, but just start with simple things such as I don't let people uh, call me at any time. I constantly have my phone on do not disturb. So text messages don't disrupt me. I only check my emails twice a day at this time and at this time and every other time they get an auto uh, reply. Uh, another smart rule would be yeah, that you never exactly. discount. It's not different. Uh, <clears throat> and then I need to get a move on because I need to be out of here soon. Rules and boundaries, so important. I mean, Connor and I, we our, our rules and boundaries are kind of unspoken because we respect each other. So if Connor was to call me, he's my business partner and best friend. If he was to call me without, without us arranging it, I would know it's like, this is life and death. He wouldn't just do it for a chat or a brain fart. Urgent. We have Voxer for that. Which is yeah, fantastic. Which is fantastic. What we use Voxer is. for those things which need to be dealt with in... Not urgently, but they are important and probably top of the pile. Yeah, they're usually live, constantly evolving situations that require the fidelity yeah. of a voice. But message. otherwise, we just don't. I mean, even my daughter wouldn't call me without an appointment. Sarah comes to my office door. She knocks before she walks in. I knock on her office too. You know, th these are not, these are just fucking base. This is just common respect, most of this stuff. You know, it really is. Yeah, it is. And if you've got stuff... But what we're doing here is... Double important. The commonality double, here double, is we're preserving, we're preserving our time because it's the only thing you don't you can't buy more of, you know? People... I mean, what, what, the thing, what, who do these, what do these people all have in common? Michael Jackson, Prince, Sean Connery, Terry Pratchett, Ronald Reagan and an endless list of others. What do they have in common? They're all fucking dead. They were all filthy rich, and none of them can buy any more time. They'd like, their time was gone. Well, you know, it doesn't matter how rich you are, you can't buy more time. So we, we most of my rules, certainly in business, are about preserving my time. Even pricing is about preserving my time, because it means I can earn more by working less and spend less time dealing with neurotic clients, because the better paying clients are not neurotic. You know, they're more respectful. It's really about time and energy management. <clears throat> so the third thing then, 
No? No, 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 no. No, no, no. Guys, this is an opportunity where we take a break and we talk a little bit about what's going on in the community. Well, we need to get a move we on always do this after number one and two. Perfect. The last one's going to take five minutes. We're going to spend five minutes doing this and it's going to be five minutes of banter, making people laugh and doing everything that we usually do that makes this the number one business mm. podcast in the world. And if you listen to us, you probably don't listen to Tim Ferriss because you appreciate comedy. What was that noise? Mm. Uh, I've got a Wookiee. It's Chewbacca. It sounded like a... It's, che- <laughs> oh, it's, a, it's me moving my microphone. <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> that feels good. That feels great. Yeah, let's do less of that. <laughs> it was the curry on Thursday night. It sounds terrible. Right. So for those that don't know, we've got a, uh, a membership site that you can become a part of for as little as uh, £5 at the moment. Uh, as soon as the new book comes out, the, the cost of entry is going to go right up. So if you want to become part of the community, get yourself a copy of the book, wellfedfreelancer.com. It's £5. And it means you can get on the membership site and you can ask us questions. We love your questions. We love answering them. At least I do. I can't, I can't speak for John on that one. So there's been a relatively long discussion talking about how shit my builder is. Uh, and I'm not going to get into the whole thing. If you, if you want to see the whole thing, it's quite long. Join the membership site. But my the long and short of it, my builder shit. My builder, my, yes, mybuilder.com. Is shit, mybuilder.com fucked up in the eyes of our, our lovely Mr. Lynch and feels like it's cost him the opportunity to get into a conversation with five country estates, each with an average of six acres of land. He's, he, 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 he's seen the light. He's like, oh my God, I can actually get my dream avatar because those sort of things such as those country estates, big uh, equine, Equine, is that it? Equine? Equines. Horse shit. Equine. Those sort of places. That's his dream. Golf clubs, that sort of stuff. And seeing it on such a shitty site such as my builder has made him go, oh my God, this work is actually out there. My dream ideal avatars actually exist. So he's essentially asked, I can't rely on my builder to find these people. What do I do to get into conversations with these country club people, these golf clubs? And these fucking horsey lots. You're asking me the question, are you? No. I'm answering. I, well, I'm asking. The short you, term yes. is you just fucking you write to them, you phone them, you knock on their door, you cold email them. Okay, but you obviously you put together a proper approach and an offer. Now I don't mean you're going straight in offering them something to sell. You're going with a question, um, something along the lines of. And I'm curious about your your estate and how you manage all this stuff. And if you're uh, if you'd like to give me your overview, I'm willing to listen. So we can talk about what interests you, what's important to you. <clears throat> a, a completely innocuous, open question, all about the other person. And if they've got challenges with their estate management, they will tell you. Now, longer term, Paul, what I suggest you do is you write a book which addresses their top twenty percent of concerns. Um, you know, I don't know that much about your business, but you know, if I did, I would say along the lines of the, the, the problems they face with the estate, the problems they face managing the estate, and the problems they, they face getting other people in to manage the estate for them, hiring contractors. Those three topics, you know, you could probably write 30 pages on each. 
a hundred page book, or you could do a micro book, 15,000 words like Vicky Fraser, moxiebooks.com, M-O-X-I-E.com. Um, she's a friend of mine. You know, this stuff is not difficult. You've done, you've almost done the hard bit by realizing there is a target market out there. Wow. I don't have to try to sell to everybody. There is this magic pot of gold at the end of this rainbow. Now, how do I get into the pot? Well, it's actually very simple. Um, really, you just need to approach these people. Um, because here's the thing you see, Paul, most people will be on, on LinkedIn and other social media platforms, writing stuff, maybe connecting with these, these estate managers, estate owners, and hoping their stuff gets, gets seen and noticed. And these people then engage with their self-indulgent, narcissistic, fucking self-absorbed, navel-gazing bollocks. And then maybe we can have a conversation. Whereas someone like you connects with these people, and maybe cold DMs them. And so it's not, I couldn't help noticing you've been posting recently about these challenges you've got with Japanese knotweed or something. Um, do you want to have a conversation about it? I'm willing to listen, talk about what's interesting to you, know, what, you what your challenges are, or talk about what's of interest to you about this. You know, I guarantee you'll get business that way. Something we can coach you through. Um, not prepared to do it in, in bronze because it's obviously it's not appropriate, but it's certainly something we can help with. But that's the approach I would take. Ask, don't ask, don't get, don't ask, don't want. <clears throat> yeah. And Paul, I know that you're highly qualified horticulture geezer. These places are probably mm. hiring numpties uh, who don't, don't know anywhere near as much as you do. But the one thing that you can't allow to get into your psyche is because you are so qualified and because you so know so much and you, you know, you're this horticulture guy, you're not just a typical gardener. You can't allow yourself to get frustrated when you see these companies using just your average Joe Gardner, because ultimately that's your responsibility and that's your fault because you haven't shown them the value of having someone who understands the chemistry of the soil how to keep their place looking very green and very plush and john's spot on if you had a book all about how to keep your, your country club your, your golf club and your horsey clubs i'm not saying that's stupid fucking word. equestrian center is what you're Game looking word. for um nah horsey clubs <laughs> come on we need I to like get a move on if you write a book all about yeah we're getting a move on john calm down there's eight minutes left we're wrapping this up and then we've got five minutes see every time Dave, you bring this up it. it's an interruption John's right. You write a book and you, you, you drop it off. Then you follow up a week later and you're like, Hey, I, I've got an open ear here. Do you want to talk about your challenges around this stuff? You'll be golden. Now, one last thing that's happened in the bronze community, and it's a bit of a problem. I've got to bring it up. People are completely fucking taking advantage of the free course that's in there and they're getting fantastic results with it. And it's doing my head in Uno reverse that one. It's the business accelerator and it's uh, providing fucking great clarity and these are the words of people inside bronze not my words it's providing clarity and i'm successfully avoiding the race to the bottom for the first time and it's completely bloody free completely but bloody free people are walking away from stupid bloody uh opportunities not even wasting their time anymore with those bottom feeder scum I just wanted to bring that up because people are raving about it. If you want to join us inside the bronze community, go to the wellfedfreelancer.com, buy the book for five pound and you'll get your complimentary access. Now we have got seven minutes, John, and what we're going to talk, talk well, about for those seven minutes is, is I want to, I, I want to talk a little bit about what Socrates teaches us about being a real expert. 
What? How how to become an how to show yourself as an expert? Well, here's the thing. You see, the third thing is most people make this mistake when they want to show their expertise. They do just that. They do it by solving a problem, showing their knowledge, going into a client or a prospect's premises for a sales meeting and vomiting forth all this information, teaching them. Well, there's loads of reasons not to do that. One, it's inappropriate because you're working and not being paid for it. Two, you're putting something in front of the, the prospect or the client. They're not qualified to judge. That won't stop them judging it. You know, we said this before. They, will, they, they are not qualified to have an opinion on what you're doing, but they will have one anyway. Oh, we tried that. It didn't work. Yes, but you didn't try it my way. Well, how do you know that? Well, let, tell me what you did. Well, that's where you, this is where you went wrong. Well, I don't think it went wrong. So-and-so said we should do it this way. All of a sudden, you're in an argument with the, with the prospect. You ain't going to say anything. Apart from anything else, you're entrenched. They're entrenched. They think you're stupid, which is fine. You don't care what they think, except they won't pay you any money now because they think you're stupid. So <clears throat> you don't want to demonstrate your worth like that by, by solving the problem. Or possibly even worse, they will take your information your your report, your proposal, your audit, whatever you like to call it, and they will then either give it to someone internally in the business, try it themselves if they're a one-man band or a small business, or maybe put it out to their incumbent supplier, or go out to Fiverr.com or Upwork or Freelancer or whatever it is and see if someone else will do it for less than you. All right, so you lose. You lose, lose, lose all the way. Now, if you want to show someone your expertise or, or give them confidence in your expertise, all you need to do, and this is so trivially simple, it's fucking unbelievable. All you need to do is show them you understand their situation, their challenges, their problems at a deep level. And how do you do that? Really simple. But I'm not going to tell you right now because that's for clients only. All right, but all you need to do is show them you understand their problem at a deep level. Well, of course, if you are an expert, hello, back to point number one here. If you're an expert, you should know most of their challenges and problems anyway, because you've dealt with them before. If you're doing your targeting properly, so you are very specific to going for these, these large equestrian centers, Okay, and nothing else, for instance. Well, they've all got 80 20, so they've all got the same kind of challenges, really. Like our businesses that we work with, yeah. you know, can't get the right clients, can't get the right prices, can't make it happen predictably. The three biggies, you know. Well, I've dealt with that so many times with so many people for so many years, there's very little anyone can come up with to surprise me. So I understand these problems, I can, and I can demonstrate I understand them in various secret EBG ways, which I'm not going to tell you, not unless you're a client. It's really simple. And what you will do, it infuriates prospects because they'll say, well, what do you think I should do next then? What, what should I be doing now? And the answer to that is very simple. Well, that's the detail we would need to hammer out on a consultation. And that's you know, £250 plus VAT and get your money back if I can't actually help you or you end up going work, we end up working together. You know, not working for free. Talking about your solution before it's appropriate, and that means before they paid you, is a really big mistake. And it doesn't help you. Okay, you don't demonstrate your expertise at all. Actually, you demonstrate your, your willingness to be ridden over and also your willingness to be fucked and your willingness to be cheated and your willingness to work for free. Even if you are an expert, you won't be seen as one. Mm. 
if you don't sit and listen to, to, to your prospects complaints. I'm sure we've all been in the situation where perhaps we are having a little bit of a, a moan or we're talking about a problem or a challenge we're facing. And the person we sat opposite, all they say is, yeah, well, I went through this or yeah, well, I went through something similar and what I did was this, that and the other. And you're just sat there and you close up because you're like, I don't want to talk to this person. They don't fucking understand what I'm going through. They they, they claim to be a person of knowledge, but they're not even worse, uh, worth the, the breath that I'm wasting on them currently. I'm sure we've all been in that situation and we all just want to get out as fast as possible. So even if you are an expert, if you're sat there and every time they throw you something and you're, you're trying to solve it for them or add context or whatever, and then throwing it back to them, you're not going to be seen as an expert. Yeah. You're going to be seen as an irritant. True experts shut up and listen. When you go to high-end doctors, they just get you to talk. talk. Tell me everything. Tell me about all the, the aches and pains. You don't say, oh, I've got a problem in my elbow and they go, could be tennis elbow. What's next? Or I've got a headache, could be a hole in your head. What else hurts? Problem. You've got a slip disc. Tell me what's next. No, they, they get you to talk about the whole thing holistically. And then they go on for a consultation once they've got all the facts done. And the way they get the facts right. is they shut up. Be a high-end high doctor. doctor. Poke that proctologist bottom. So, John, where should okay, they go? go they do? I'll let you wrap up and then you can get the book. Bit. Okay, that's the first place to start. If you want some more information on working with us a bit more closely than just the book, email Holly, holly at wellfedbusiness.com, and she'll tell you what to do next. In the meantime, stay safe, stay inside, wash your hands, and please don't shit on your fingers. Goodbye. <laughs>